Have you been looking for an online business that will actually make you money? Well, your search is finally over at ecomsglobal.com. With Ecoms Global, you will find an opportunity to own your very own business that will make you real money. Ecoms Global has everything you need to start your very own home-based e-commerce business today. Included is a site builder, your own website with a content management system, product inventory, and even a shopping cart for your customers. Ecoms Global is the real deal, and they use the latest technology technology that accepts Bitcoin payments. Now you can own a real e-commerce business that is very lucrative for just $11.97. Stop searching the net for weeks and months at a time, looking for opportunities that simply don't work. Ecoms Global is the world's only integrated e-commerce system. Start your very own e-commerce business in minutes. Visit ecomsglobal.com. You've wasted enough time. This is it. ecomsglobal.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Rock With Success, which is an award-winning show for professional women. We profile a collective of amazing women who are thriving to build their brand. Women are handpicked in various fields who can provide credible information to build your business and lifestyle. We are live each Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. To learn more about us, go to our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. Now, let's join our podcast host in the studio, Mrs. Diane Winbush. Women Who Rock With Success complies with the rules and terms according to the Federal Communications Commission podcast guidelines. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are their own and their appearance on our digital media platforms does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. All guests who embrace our media stations are experts who are licensed in their fields of occupation. All rights reserved. And good morning and welcome to Women Who Rock With Success Media, and thank you for tuning in with us on today. This is your host, Ms. Diane Winbush, and today we're going to um, be talking about on this episode in regards to entertainment, and then we have in the studio that's going to be with us is media mogul and entertainment guru, Benia Dini Postivo, I'm sorry. And so um, after a few messages, we'll get back with you, and then uh, we'll get started with the show. And good morning, and welcome to the studio. Good morning. How are you? I am doing wonderful. So, um, everyone, this is Vinny Postivo, and so uh, welcome to uh, Women Who Rock With Success Media. We're going to jump right in on the interview, and we're going to um, um, get some interesting information about you and what you do. So, first of all, we want you to be able to share with the guests a little bit about you, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. And I guess the reason why um, uh, you got into um, a little bit of um, the occupation that you are in now today with entertainment. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, it's because I'm a mama's boy, and, and all the good reasons <laughs> and bad reasons that come along with it, the, the choices that she made for me as a kid that gave me superpowers to be the man mm-hmm. I am today and have a relationship mm-hmm. 
with my mom um, that I have. Uh, you know, I learned uh, in college, actually, the power of, of the story and how, how the version of my own story was literally holding me back and I had the control to change that narrative. And I also had this drive to be surrounded by talent, um, mostly because someone in my life told me I wasn't. So I thought if I surrounded myself with super talented people, I would absorb some of that talent. And I took that storytelling okay. ability, okay. and I saw, the, and I took the ability to see the best in people. And I went to MTV and got to launch the careers of Sharon Osbourne and the Osbournes, and Ashton Kutcher mm-hmm. with Punks, and Jessica Simpson on Newlyweds, and her sister Ashley Simpson. And I've been helping, I've been helping business owners, brand owners, take control of their narrative, change their version of reality, the perception of reality and the facts, you know, of their reality. Mm -hmm. First, you know, to be honest, look, I'm guilty. I did it with reality TV. But now that we can (laughs) own our podcast, now that business owners can own intellectual property, something that like, you know, (laughs) many celebrities weren't doing, like only Oprah and David Letterman Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically were doing in the 90s. And and I learned a lot about, about how to spend energy and, and creativity and money on, on creative mm-hmm. projects. And I'm here, to help, I'm here to help people connect to success early at every stage of the career and point out, you know, how to turn it into a cycle, a success cycle. Okay, okay, that's great. So what you're saying is your mom, I guess, basically was your biggest mentor as to where you are today, which is great, which is great. I just, it was just kind of hilarious of how you said you said, I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> and I so, mean, it uh, is so what it is. It served. It served me so well to have. Um, okay. Uh, the relationship that I had with my mom as a child. I'm the oldest mm-hmm. um, now of six, and when my mom was in rehab, and and when we were children going through it, you know, mm-hmm. I found these superpowers mm-hmm. to put my siblings first, to put them on pedestal, to find the best in them, and to support my mom. And 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 I learned the power mm-hmm. of our, you know, the story. You know, everyone. Right. Everyone, when you're a kid, <laughs> sure does have an opinion. Your aunt and uncle sure do right. have an opinion, and the adults around you have an opinion. You think they're facts, and okay. Um, okay. And, and the power, the power that we have to change those. I'm not saying change the truth, but change the facts. Right. That's powerful, and okay. uh, that's something that I can show people that are just starting off as entrepreneurs or business owners or or feel called to identify as being personal brand owners that see the value in their voice mm-hmm. and their story. And I'm here to say, hold on to it. Don't shark tank, man. Don't try to sell. If it's the most valuable thing you can be creating right now is, is your own content. It's the only thing that's truly going to help you get discovered in this, in this yeah. content metaverse that we're in, right? Because... Because discoverability is visibility with the act of sharing. Uh, visibility right, without right. sharing is entertainment. That's cool. We're here. <laughs> you know, we don't want people to share right now. We want them to focus. <laughs> but when it's time yeah, for output, yeah. how we let them share, you know, that's up for us. That's, that, that, that determines how discoverable we are and, okay. and ultimately how, impact okay. how, how we get discovered. 
Okay, and that's wonderful. You know, um, Vinny, we have had a lot of actors on the on the show this year. Uh, more than ever, I guess I wanted to say we've had a few back in a few years past, but um, we have some film, had some film directors, and we've had some actors. But you're the first one. Uh, yay! We're gonna clap for that. You're the first one actually that has been on the show that is willing to help. I think you know the others. They have done, you know, they did a very exceptional um, interview, but I think it was towards their, you know, career. But you are the first that's wanting to be able to help. So uh, (laughs) you need to get your pens and papers. And so you need to get your pens and papers so you can be able to pull up to the the coffee table and get you some information that you need. Wow, that's interesting. So tell us a little bit about what does talent – development look like to you? Because everybody has their own perception. As I stated before, we've had film directors, we have, we've had producers, we've had um, um, actors on the show. I think somebody played in Friday and uh, the movie Friday with Chris Tucker and whatever. We've had all types of actors. Mm-hmm. We had that. But tell us a little about in your perspective from what you have learned and experienced throughout your career as to uh, what does talent development look like in your perspective? Yes. Well, I have to, by the way, give a shout. Thank you for acknowledging my um, abhorrent passion to help people who are stepping into their creativity or looking to level it up. Um, Hello? Absolutely. Oh, Oh, yeah. Casting, you know, casting directors are the only people in the media industry who are hired to find new talent. Mm-hmm. Agents aren't tasked with helping you with your career. Manager, managers also, by the way. Managers will, will find a star and develop it. But agents, producers, directors, actors, publicists, none of those people get paid for you breaking into the industry and the success of what happens next. Casting is literally the mm-hmm. only job that does that. So I, uh, when I wanted to be surrounded by talent, you know, um, it was because I, I just, I, there's, I don't know, there was, I thought, I was on stage with some of the most talented people. I just got goosebumps. I just thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm laughing. I thought, I'm not capable of giving the audience the goosebumps myself. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the problem. Like, I wish I could have been like a powerful okay. actor, but I'm a comedian. You know, I am like, uh, okay. you know, if you get Vinnie Potestivo in a play, you just get Vinnie Potestivo, you know, in a play. That's kind of like what I was good at, was almost being myself now, now that's revered. Talent development for me is our ability to look inward, to develop inward on what we love doing the most. That doesn't mean that necessarily we're great at it. We could be horrible at it, but it mm-hmm. just means something we love doing. And I find a way to scale that. I find a way to tap into this tiny little skill set that you have and help you scale that at large. So, for example, um, it was my job at MTV in the late 90s to figure out new ways to work with talent. I also was tasked with casting and being a casting assistant to MTV Films in a, in a bunch of projects. So when MTV okay. decided they were going to remount the film Carmen, a hip opera, literally everyone had one name on their list to play Carmen, and it was Beyonce. And literally, the label said, no, thank you. She's not interested in doing anything outside of Destiny's Child. And I knew that this was a big opportunity. And I, in my gut, felt like this was something that I knew had her team, her mother and her father and herself, 
and her sister mm-hmm. had, had the actual family seeing what we were trying to do. This could be a way for Beyonce to step away and have a solo moment without needing to step away as an artist and deviate her from Destiny's Child. And it was done within the context of music and it was, you know, music television. So, mm-hmm. so MTV had a long-standing relationship with the management company and was, well, then, actually back then it was just Matthew and her mom. But with management and with the label, what I did was use my access to MTV and I was working with the Knowles. Uh, Solange was, gonna, was, was a host for us a bunch of times and Beyonce hosted a couple of specials for us, Fashion Really Louds and stuff like that. So I've been working with the family a lot. I knew this was the opportunity to showcase something that I knew she was passionate about. She'd love to get out there. She loved the mm-hmm. idea of character development. In fact, it was yeah, in right. Carmen, a hip opera, that she figured out character development, talent development. And she said in an article that that's where she came up with character Sasha Fierce which, as we know, is mm-hmm. the, the version of Beyonce when she's on stage performing. Um, so it's, it's, some of it is, by the way, some, that to me sounds like boundary setting in a really positive way, saying I'm capable mm-hmm. I'm, and, and I give myself enough grace to fill the space. And also I can, right. remove, I can remove myself from this space too. I think that's talent development is the ability to, to really be able to, to tap into a core strength and then scale it okay. infinitely. Absolutely. So that the energy, Absolutely. when it leaves your fingertips, you know, when it leaves your, when it leaves your mouth and mm-hmm. it leaves your finger, and it, when it gets into that world of sharing and you no longer have control over the context around the content you're creating, that, that to me is talent okay. development. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So the next question is, um, share some, some quick steps that will impact a personal talent brand. You know, okay, so as I had shared before, um, I think I shared with one of the actors that was um, on the set, and, uh, you know, she was, I could see something a little bit down the road, a little bit further that could be able to impact her. I just kind of felt that maybe one day she'll end up on, you know, Nick at night or something like that, or Nick Wire or Nick Tunes or what have you, is perhaps maybe more like a background type of um Mm-hmm. Uh, professional in her in her talent and uh, and of course she does productions as well herself today, but so everybody has their own different way of their own personal brand and what have you. So tell us um, a little bit about a, a few little steps that uh, an individual can be able to take to impact it. See, sometimes we can have ideas, but it has to make an impact too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So here here are five quick steps. I think one one is clarity. Right. So I, I actually just went through okay. this myself last year. I thought to myself, 25 years I've been in TV and I haven't won an Emmy. Man, all my friends seem to have Emmys. Okay. How come I don't have an Emmy? And I, I realized the answer was because I didn't work on a qualifying production in a specific role, in a specific zone, and there are different types of mm-hmm. Emmys, na- nationwide Emmys, local Emmys. So I had targeted that I wanted a local Emmy, and I wanted it to be about a documentary specifically in the mental health space. I also knew that if I was going to win this award, there would be other people who would win it with me. And I was really careful about who I won that award with. But I went out. I put energy out there. I cleared a space on my desk, on my mantle. And I said, I'm going to look for a project that qualifies where I would be so proud to have worked on this project that, that this is something that could be Emmy worthy. And just last year, after 25 years, 
uh, <laughs> working on Housewives and Osborns and shooting all of these documentary footage in people's houses, I finally won my first Emmy from my guest bedroom in the middle of the pandemic. Like, that was just powerful to realize that with clarity, I was able to pick the, the types of projects that I wanted so that I could finally say I'm an Emmy award-winning producer. Because after 25 years, this okay. one little tiny Emmy at the very tail end of my TV, you know, not to say tail end, but right now, current, you know, mm-hmm. not tail end, is a weird way to say it. In the middle, I should say, of my career, um, <laughs> where I think really have big impact on what happens next. You know, being able to say the Emmy award winning is a, is a, it's a, there's a lot of cachet you know, to that. My, so clarity first and foremost, second mindset, strategy, right? So like here I said, I, I got clear on what I wanted and then I put my strategy to use. But in that strategy, I had to think about the tactics and this is the third step, tactics. The number one tactic for me, like what, what, what's the first step I take when I'm looking to collaborate or move forward on a project? Because, because to be honest, the act of creating is taking the internal and making it external, right? So if I have to take an idea in my head or a song in my head, if I can get it out into the world and share it with one person, then I can share it with hundreds or millions and even more so. The first thing I do is that I take inventory around the people around me. I know as a creative, I can be analytical. And if I'm in my analytical phase of being creative, which means I'm focusing on performance marketing and Facebook ads and Google ads and all the analytics, you know, of, of creating. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably mm-hmm. going to want to partner with someone who's strategic, specifically about partnerships and marketing and planning, and or mm-hmm. someone who's technical, someone who understands the art of SEO and, and, and SCRP and, uh, and automation and integration and aggregation, you know, and, and that component of, of media. So I'm mindful of of what project I'm on and who I might best interface with. But those three archetypes of a creator, the, the analyst, the strategic uh, mindset, and then the technical you know, strategist, I mean the technical creator, those, those three mindsets really help me figure out who I'm being in this moment and who I might want to collaborate with. Um, the last two steps are kind of fun. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I came up with this weird world called pre-purpose. Uh, in a world okay. where, where, where we're surprised that we have to suddenly promote our podcast on social media, we call it repurposing, like as if we could repurpose, we don't repurpose gifts around Christmas, so why, why mm-hmm. are we repurposing mm-hmm. our podcast content and then calling it valuable? If we know, if we know the gift is invaluable for Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate, then it's not a valuable gift. But pre-purpose, this idea of of being seen as a source and not trying to pitch a story. This idea that I could call you and say, look, every single week, I would love to highlight a woman in my life who's impacted me. By the way, my podcast mm-hmm. is jam-packed with it. Mandy Moore, Jamie Lynn Sigler, uh, Danielle Fischel from uh, Tango from Boy Me. Like, these, are, these are women who like impacted pop culture in a gigantic way. I'm honored that they, they, they were the, the forces that put my little planet on the trajectory that it was. And, mm-hmm. I, and I could say to you, every week I could deliver you, you know, a, a two-minute, a 30-second, you know, spot, uh, an interview that I don't think you're probably going to get access to or don't have time to have access to or mm-hmm. don't want to spend all the time and money that it takes to, you know, record and produce. 
So I, I try to show up as a source and not a story. And also I know I need advertising and marketing for my podcast. So what I try to do is find purposeful relationships so that I'm not asking people to ad hoc and add, but I'm, get, I, I'm creating something mm-hmm. with them in mind. And that, that means you, the listening audiences, are in my mind. You know, I, you become part of the alchemy of my output. This way I don't have to try to edit it for a certain way to appeal to a certain type of audience. I don't want that. I want to be true. I want, okay. like, I want, to be, I want you in it, you know. Um, and right. then the last is take inspired action, inspired action. It's not one step and, and chug and let's fix it and chug and let's fix it. Take inspired action. Believe in yourself and the value that you bring to the table. And um, by the way, some of that means like, you know, if someone's asking you if you want a, a buyout, versus a percentage of, of, of splits for advertising. Take the percentage if you think that your podcast is going to be fantastic and powerful and you, see, and you believe in yourself. Someone else will believe in you as well. And that's, that's, that's the power of discoverability. There's some ego there you know, involved. People, people want to discover you because it's rewarding to discover people. It's, just, it's rewarding to go back to church, go back to school, go back home, go back right. to synagogue and say, oh, my gosh, you have to hear this song. Oh, you have to hear this TV. I listen to this podcast. You're going to love, you know, these are, <laughs> this, these are this pride. Involved. And we can be better at giving those pieces to people so when they share us, we're just as funny or just as poignant, <laughs> just as impactful as our reputation precedes us to be. <laughs> Okay, okay, that is so, so very wonderful. I'm telling you, you all, you've got to have your pens and paper and your coffee ready for it because he is ready for the audience on today. Wow. So what are some of the lessons that you learned early on in your career that still impacts you today? You know, a lot of times we, you know, we talk about mentors. We talk about a lot of things that, uh, you know, some individuals that have inspired us that may have carried us over the hump, even though we, you know, perhaps, well, I'm not going to do this today, but someone was right there and said, no, you get, got to keep pushing. So what, what are some of the yeah. things that may have impacted you to be able to that still inspire you today? You know, sometimes we yeah. you know, go through different types of stages. So what are some of the lessons that you learned yourself? Yeah, we do go through different phases. All right, so let's start with a fun one. A fun one is a lesson I learned from Funkmaster Flex, to be honest. He came into my office. Okay. I had just gotten promoted as a manager at MTV, and he looked at my walls, and he said, you know, you're going to get those, like, you know, platinum plaques pretty soon. And I was like, I know. I'm so excited. Like, Mandy Moore had just done pretty well. There was a couple of bands I just started popping, and I, I'd, uh, I'd been really close with and helped, helped get on the network. And he says to me, mm-hmm. you know what I got to do? I got to move quickly and get you the first one because you're going to forget all those plaques that you get over time, but you're never going to forget your first one. And I said, okay, Flex, you be my first. (laughs) Who am I to tell you no? In less than a week, I had my first platinum plaque on my wall. And that, wow. The ability, go ahead. He's so gracious that he gave me uh, a choice. (laughs) to let him mm-hmm. have that role in my life, knowing, because he knew the impact it was going to have, right? He told me the impact it was going to have. Mm-hmm. But what I got a taste for in that moment was the intentionality of being first. And, and I carried that with my, my okay. entire career. Um, I cast one 
franchise of the Housewives, one, one, the Housewives of New Jersey, that's it. I won't cast any others. I've done one season of, you know, Millionaire Matchmaker. I've done one. Mm-hmm. I did I cast the first season of Wild and Out on MTV. I don't touch it anymore. Like, once it leaves my fingers, I believe in, in the creation part, the collaboration part that is larger than me. Sometimes I don't want to touch it because okay. I'm so impressed with the direction that it goes in. And I'm like, oh, that is so much bigger than me. I did not even have that word in me, let alone the understanding of what it meant. Thank gosh someone puts someone else greater than me. Or And the, the coolest part now is that I'm learning, mm-hmm. in my, and I'm in my mid-40s now, the coolest part for me now, I have to be honest, in this creative you know, economy that we're in now, is I'm learning as much from, I was going to say the 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, but the truth is my mm-hmm. 7-year-old niece is teaching me swipes and edits and, and, and shortcuts and ways to create content on TikTok that are impacting you know, how I'm, I'm shaping stories. So just, just it, I was so used to needing to have a mentor, a do more. I, I was so used to having to look to the stars to reach for them, you know, and now I'm mm-hmm. just mindful that the earth is round. Stars are every single angle <laughs> that I, I'm right. capable of. Some, some of them are going to be more difficult to get to than others, but, but I also don't rush. I believe in the value of time, you know, um, uh, it's a mindset thing. I, I recently lost some weight, and uh, I didn't do it by wanting to be a few pounds lighter than a week or a day before. I actually did it by wanting to be a few pounds lighter than a year before. Because I was like, mm-hmm. thanks, Vinny. <laughs> thanks, thanks one year ago, Vinny, for being in that space that you needed to be in to get to what you need to be in, because now I'm a healthier version of me this year, in okay. this moment, than I was last year. And I'm very mindful yeah of the annualized creative year. Um, I needed to create boundaries. Otherwise, probably as I've already done in this interview, I just cram way too much in there because I feel our time is so precious. And I, I feel like I'm sitting on, on, on actionable pieces of information that I know will have impact. Um, by the way, let me, get, let me stay focused here to the, to the question. Another thing I learned, the power of credit. Oh, when my boss, okay. my boss now... Back then at MTV, he's the current head of of unscripted programming now at NBC Worldwide. And when I got my first credit, my first casting credit, my first producer credit, my first executive producer credit, I mean, you just, those are things that change your title. Those are things that change your authority, that changes your income, that changes your impact. One of the things I like to point out now about the power of credits is that if you have a podcast, you can now put your mm-hmm. podcast the same way that television shows and, and movies are listed on IMDb with credits and directors and executive producers and writers and editors and artwork and taglines. Mm-hmm. Podcasters now can have a seat at that table. And what, I, what, what having your podcast listed on IMDb does, well, beyond the fact that we get to be executive producers and hosts, you know, these are titles that Oprah and you know that also. So besides the fact that we get the same title as, as some brilliant media masterminds, we get to give credit to our designers and our researchers and 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 all the people who touch our podcast. And and not only do we get to give that credit, but we create a data point on IMDb, which is owned by Amazon, that is then shared with Google. 
And there's nowhere mm-hmm. else in the digital world that knows who's working on your podcast, even if it's like on LinkedIn and maybe we're all shared on a resume, certain shows or something like that, unless you have your podcast set up as a, as a business on LinkedIn, then it's really hard to connect, you know, the dots on that. So it's a really high value data point that Google gets plus all of your guests, plus all of your awards. So now, so now if I'm on your podcast and someone wants to go look at punks from, you know, the beginning of time and they'll see that I was a producer on that and they'll click on what podcast have I been on, they'll see that we were together. And now it's a form of discovery. And, and these are just the little things that we can do to be more discoverable. And by the way, um, getting listed on IMDb, completely free. And I have a step-by-step tutorial of how to get on that um, on my webpage. So if, if anyone wants that, I'll, I'll share that information with you later. Um, uh, I have a, a list of over 100 awards that most digital creators are instantly uh, qualified to participate in after they've posted at least one podcast episode. Um, and I like pointing out which ones those are and what, what quarter mm-hmm. we're in depends on what, you know, award is accepting submissions. And, and some of them are free and some of them are paid. But, you know, the power of awards and credits and how you leverage them. If you're a, a baker, a lawyer, if you're, if you're a non, non-creative um, executive, and you're now a creator by way of communicating on social media or podcasting, that I now have a way to get you as a lawyer seen and discovered on IMDb so that when your local news show or your local radio network or, or producer is looking for a well-spoken lawyer, it, they're going to look for award-winning podcasts in the legal space because those are real authentic leaders who aren't trying to be media heads, but are just using the media to get their message out because they're committed to their craft, not to the, not to the, the, not to making mass media. Do you know what I mean? And that, that is the power of podcasting um, and creating content, you know, and these are the little pieces that we leave behind us that make it easier for people to share us. And with that sharing comes more discoverability. So we don't need more visibility to get discovered. We need more sharing. And these are those, again, those little pieces that I think matter. Okay, okay. Now here's the last question that we have for you. Um, And uh, it may be a little challenging, but um, I think this is important for those that perhaps may be uh, seeking to get into the media industry, entertainment, and what have you. And, of course, you know, I don't want to call any names, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, you know, sometimes (laughs) accidents can happen on the stage, and we know that things can happen and go on on the stage. Sometimes things can the, go on the behind the stage. <laughs> exactly. So tell us a little bit. What in, in 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 well, let's see. How how can I put this? In your past experience, how do what have you? What are some of the practices that you have done to be able to? You know, especially for this last incident that happened, you know, um, I think uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was a producer that uh, died. She was fatally ill by a famous actor. And so it was perhaps maybe because someone did not check the, 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 um, the um, I'm trying to think, they did not check the item to make sure that it was free of bullets. 
And so I guess that's a challenge question that I would love for you to be able to help the listeners and the audience with as to what are some of the some of the the steps that an individual can be able to take to be able to protect themselves. Because we know that we're out yeah. there, we're trying to make money, we're trying to make the right decisions, we're trying to put food on the table, we're trying to get exposure as well. But sometimes there's some, some you know, challenges may come up where accidents will happen. I guess I can say it like that. So I believe that I trust your your, your judgment that you can be able to bring us the right <laughs> the right answer without revealing. Yeah. I didn't want to reveal the guy's name. <laughs> You know, absolutely. Look, I think the short answer is it's about routines and accountability. And it's about making okay. sure that every action you're taking is routinable, right? I'm not, I would okay. never ask you to do something once, by the way. I'm just not that person. If I ask you to do it once, mm-hmm. it's because we figured out a way to hand that action off to somebody else who can now repeat what you've done over and over and over again. But I'm I'm all about sustainability, so I would never ask you to do something once, very rarely. So for me, it's about a routine. That being said, um, here are a couple of routines. Um, Every week when I worked at MTV, we had a development meeting, and there was like maybe 10 of us in the room. Each of us probably had four or five shows that we were trying to get greenlit. Um, each of us is vying to keep our shows on the docket, knowing that every week more and more shows were going to come in and more and more shows were going to get kicked off the docket. It's literally survival of the fitness. But if it doesn't stand okay. the test of time, if it doesn't stand the test of time being weighed against advertising, marketing, uh, you know, all, all the different departments that you know, are, are in, a, in a media platform, then it wasn't going to stand the test of time of production and certainly not stand the test of time of advertising in front of you know, millions of eyeballs. So <laughs> excuse me, that routine became really important for us so that we weren't making myopic decisions on development. We weren't saying, this is a great idea, we have to go with it, because we're aware that there's other projects, other energy in the space, and that that just because something is great and of the moment doesn't, you know, just because it's my emergency doesn't mean that it suddenly needs to be your priority. Um, and and that, that routine is important. Um, you know, we have at the end of, of uh, at the end of, of shows when everything is going great, we have something called the postmortem every week where we literally have a 30-minute meeting about everything that went wrong. We don't wait for something to go wrong to talk about it in the postmortem. We just know that if something happens while we're going through our processes that can be fixed, we know we're going to be able to have a space in our postmortem where we can talk about that. That's another, you know, sure. sort of, uh, of routine. So these are just routines that might help us. And, and obviously to answer your question about uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> said person and said thing and said incident and said said said, because <laughs> um, okay. life was lost. And, and when I, when I, my understanding of the facts is that ultimately a routine was broken. Uh, the routine of hiring the correct person in the correct title and, okay. and supporting that person in the routine way that that normal set would routinely handle that position. And then also that person wasn't capable of handling their own routine because they weren't aware of, of said routine. And accountability. Um, accountability is a big one in this creator economy. We tend to yeah. be alone in our yeah. thoughts. Yeah. You know, it's really important to, to you know, you might hate it when you go home this holiday and your your mom says, 
Did you write the book? When's that book coming out? Did you do a you know, like you're like, Ma, stop what do you want? What do you want from me, blood? Like stop asking No, she's keeping me on track. She knows I need a little push, you know, and she knows exactly what, what I'm she's keeping me accountable. She knows that I'm a creator, man. I can <laughs> I can over edit <laughs> and over analyze the story so I'm blue in the face in my head and if I have more time to edit, you know, it's like it's, it's bad. It's like it's, you don't want to keep me in the makeup room because it's, I end up coming out with layers and layers of makeup, just too much. I'm just sitting and trying. But routines and accountability are the things that will, will okay. get you through those rough spots and also help you see them, to be really honest. And, and you do that, those routines and accountability. You use systems. You put systems in place that, again, are, are um, easy to be shared and understood, systems that are appropriate for situations. And and most situations come back annually. Like the news, by the okay. way, doesn't change their programming around Halloween or holidays. By the way, I promise you, yeah. every single day after Halloween for the rest of my life and your life here on this earth, I promise the day after Halloween, we're always going to hear about, uh-oh, Mariah Carey, here she comes. It's a new cycle. It's a new cycle that that not only are they are they tapping into, by the way, but they don't have to pay for education. They don't have to pay to say holidays, Christmas, pop culture, Mariah. They don't have to pay anyone to understand what that means. When when, when there's that level of awareness of a topic, like you'll notice this uh, on new cycles. There's annualized wait murders that have happened in the past. Uh, you know anniversaries that come up. It's because you don't have to pay for the education of the topic. You can just entertain. And that's what television is trying to do, entertain. Again, entertainment's tricky. Right. The, the value proposition in entertainment is really getting the audience to watch the, the ad, to be really blunt, because um, that's, that's what matters the most, unfortunately, on, on that platform is that transaction, even though you have us compelling artists who will fight you tooth and nail. We, we try so hard to get our purpose on there, but it's a it's an ad machine, you know. That's what te- that's how televisions were made in this publicly traded economy in America. So you don't like it, you just get prepared for more billionaires to buy up pub- public publicly traded companies, and we complain about that too. You know, <laughs> we don't know what we want, but we know what we don't want. I'll tell you that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Penny. We have had so much fun with you in the studio today. And you have downloaded and impacted so much information to celebrities, to um, 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 those, um, I think we've had some Emmy Award winning um, uh, journalists that have appeared on the show this year too. So you have brought a lot to the table to be able to help individuals to stay focused. I do agree with you, uh, Vinny, on the last question, accountability. I still sympathize with those that are involved. I guess all of the parties, the one, the lady that's that's, the actor or producer that is deceased, but I still sympathize with the other guys that are involved too. But it's kind of important what you said, accountability is everything. That is very, very important. And so, you know, just hopefully um, everybody can be able to take this. If you're, you know, desiring to be an actor, you have heard what Benny has told you, make sure that you're accountable. Be accountable for things that you, uh, you know, uh, uh, your plans or whatever it is that your career is trying to drive you towards. So, Vinny, of course, we do not want you to leave the show without sharing with the audience how they can be able to connect with you on social media sites 
If you would like to be able to share any links, any books that you have published or your next upcoming gig, you can be able to do that at this time. Well, that is awesome and gracious, by the way. I'm not telling them my information. They got to go check out the podcast notes. You got to deep search this episode. And while you're looking at the notes, and if you really care about my contact info, please, please, please stop and leave a five-star review for this episode. Please let this be the episode that pushes you over and says, okay, I'm finally going to give, I'm finally going to give in and give, you know, my five-star review to women who rock with success because they deserve it. And uh, a quick shout out to the Podmatch book, Guest Mastery, that actually just came out uh, in November. I got to write uh, the last chapter currently available on Amazon. And it is a book that is jam-packed with information to help you thrive as a podcast guest. You don't even need to be a host. You don't even need to own a podcast to be a podcaster and to be successful in the podcast game. And if I can help you out in any way I can, go check out those notes. Say hi to me after you leave that five-star review. And uh, say what's up. And I appreciate the space. And thank you so much for this. Absolutely, Billy. Thank you so much for being with us today. A superstar, a media mogul, and an entertainment guru. So, no, we thank you for stopping by and being with us on today in our studio. So, listeners, get ready for another roundup. We'll be coming back with Women Who Walk with Success. Of course, it's going to be next Thursday at 9 o'clock a.m., and we have some impeccable stars that are lined up for you. Thank you, Jenny, and have a wonderful day. Thank you.